Welcome to the Crater Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss all the JavaScript news that's happened on Crater.io this week. This episode is for Friday, November 27th, 2015. This week's episode is brought to you by Modulus.io. They are the single best hosting option available for Meteor right now. Go to Modulus.io and check them out. They offer a marketplace. They offer you Mongo databases. It's very easy to integrate with other Mongo databases. You know, they offer WebSocket support with sticky sessions. They do everything right for your Meteor app. I use them for everything that I'm doing. I would highly recommend you use them as well. Modulus.io. Welcome, Crater fans. I'm your host, Josh Owens. I'm your co-host, Ben Strahan. Hey, Ben. You trying to steal my thunder there? You said that's your Black Friday hairdo? Yeah, it's my Black Friday hairdo. That's what happens after you have to fight through the lines and like is, people to get your $3 Blu-ray. This is when my wife comes home and shows me the receipts. Ah, nice. How much did you spend? What? <laughs> How much did you save? What? <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, that's what she was. Terrible. <laughs> this was terrible. But, I, you know, I, I felt so we used to do it like every year up until about four years ago. I felt a little left out, so I decided to have a Black Friday sale on my on my training. Woo-hoo. 50% off. That's huge, man. That is, yeah. I wasn't going to do it, and then this morning I just woke up and said, hey, what what the heck, why not? Mm-hmm. Crazy. Do it to it. Yeah. I haven't been on Crater today. I've been um, like, shopping all day. Yeah. Is it on there? Did you put it on there? I did not. I should. I'm going to leave it up till Cyber Monday. We'll see. Maybe I should put it on Crater. I don't know. You should. So then tweet it, man. I don't think it's newsworthy, but I will tell you what is newsworthy this week. GraphQL is king. WordPress switched to Node and React. What? 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 <laughs> I also think that's a bit of a misnomer. Anyway, yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> React and Tracker integration, Flow Router 4.0. Aaron Noda's calling for some help. Help wanted. Help, help. And does media need a data layer? Some of these things might fit together. I don't know. Let's see. Yeah. All right. So. GraphQL is king. Yeah. Well, number one, I love the uh, the little animated GIF on there. I'm a big fan of memes and GIFs and blog posts in case you haven't figured that out yet. This is really good because... I haven't really paid that much attention to GraphQL. I've just kind of like had my head down at the Meteor community, uh, just working on apps and teaching people to do things with Meteor. And I haven't really like played with React much and I haven't played with GraphQL. The first time I looked at something for GraphQL, I was like, well, I don't, I'll get it. What's the big deal? So after reading this post, I was like, oh, this, this makes a ton more sense to me and why you'd want to use GraphQL. So I thought it was a great post and popped it up there on Crater. And namely, it just, I, I think uh, if you think of GraphQL as like REST, uh, but you can specify the fields you want to get back, that's kind of interesting. And then those fields that you specify, they show the Star Wars version of it where you ask for like a hero and you want their name and then you want their friends and it's got like what movies they appear in and that kind of stuff. And then it, it ships the friends since they're also heroes, like they come with their name attached as well. And that that's a good explanation of kind of 
how it works and how it, it even cascades down to when you're asking for other things that are similar, it'll format them similarly. What do you think of this post? I read like the first part of it and then I retweeted it like the day that it came out. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to reread this on the weekend. Yeah. Since we're recording this on Friday, it's not the weekend, so I didn't finish it. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, do you feel like you had a good grasp on what GraphQL was? No. No, mm. not at all. Okay. No. It's oh. a replacement for D3, right? No. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. No. 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 You're done. You're off the show. <laughs> yeah, it's graphs, man. Fancy graphs, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it, Ben. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. Like, you're going to say that, and a bunch of people might not pick up that you're joking. And, oh, yeah. I'm totally joking, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, right? It's like this idea of schema and strong typing and REST API requests kind of all rolled into one idea. I don't even think, do they even put out an implementation of it themselves? I don't know. I think maybe Relay does that. I don't know. Anyway. They put out these ideas of things mm -hmm. <laughs> from Facebook, and I think it's a little weird, but you know it looks interesting. And uh, I'm thinking right now, going through it, I just like streamed through it right when you were going through your little spiel on it, and right away I saw the benefits on a project I'm working on right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so. mean, I mean, I, I I can think back to my days of consuming REST APIs, and like it was so long ago, like just yesterday. <laughs> I can think back. yeah consuming stuff from facebook or twitter or something like that and, and it just slows us down i mean we have to iterate through that stuff possibly and yeah and just throw it away and it's just right there so yeah yeah if we can get back exactly what we want and like someone doesn't have to build out a really complicated rest api or a bunch of rest routes and all that stuff and instead they can implement graph ql yeah. It's going to make everyone faster. It's going to make everyone faster. The server, the front end. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm down for that. That's very cool. The conclusion's awesome. It says basically, basically, GraphQL is the future of the internet, period. He likes himself. I'll Man. say that. The poster uh, definitely likes his stuff. Uh, <laughs> there, were, there were some comments on Crater where they were comparing, like, making three rest calls to, like, you know, making different GraphQL type calls and mm -hmm. you know, faster. And I don't know, you're starting to get down to like the nitpicky, like measuring it is probably not faster. It's like we're talking milliseconds faster difference here. I mean, TCP overhead is really what you're talking about in that case. And you may be splitting hairs. I don't know if you're Amazon that maybe that comes down to like a million dollars lost, <laughs> but most of us yeah. aren't. Well, I'll give you an example. So I was messing around with moving REST to DDP into a package. Mm -hmm. So we have that rolling on our side right now. And we're mm -hmm. about to release it. But I was building some more examples out. And I wanted to get like wind data, real-time wind data from Yahoo Weather from different mm -hmm. cities. And mm -hmm. have that show and, and ping that like every second, right? Yeah. Well, the only way to get the wind data was I needed to get the whole uh, weather object for each city. And then I was ha when I was calling it every second, I was having performance issues already with, yeah. with Yahoo's API. Yeah. That stuff's not always the fastest. And, yeah. you know, it can be sometimes it's fast, sometimes it's slow too. Like I've had times where I use a Google local API and it's like 
boom, you know, you get results. And other times you're like waiting, waiting, waiting. Oh, there it is. Well, the thing was, like, if you're asking for just like the forecast, the five day forecast, that's really fast all the time. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, it's probably cached, right? But just like their API or just how it's made, I have to ask the, for the whole object. And I, there's some calculation on their end, I'm sure. And that's what's slowing it down. Well, you know what's interesting is I guess I could still use a cache on the back end and still use something like GraphQL to only return the results you need. Yeah, that would still work. Yeah. If you're not sure what GraphQL is, like, stop, press pause, go read this thing right now. Yeah, and, and also I, like, need to mention that it's on my short list to, like, master hmm. the stuff to learn in 2016. Yeah. Just tell us about WordPress, Ben. Okay, so, like, they threw away it's everything, PHP, everything right? PHP, everything PHP, gone. Yeah. Yeah, to know. <laughs> no. no. That's what it seems like it is, though. The marketing seems like this is a huge thing. It's huge. It's like, it's, it, it's the WordPress admin. It's like Donald Trump hair huge. So it's like, it's like, so the admin is like a theme of itself, right? And then you got your front end theme. And so, like, they, they replaced that all uh, with JavaScript, you mm-hmm. know, and they're using React and they have Node serve that up. And then it interacts just with a REST API. Uh, right. So, you, so, so the still, PHP is still there and yes. you're still using that through a REST API. Yes. Yeah. But this is kind of a big deal because, I mean, this was a terrible interface. Like I always hated getting into the admin section and working on my wife's website because it's like, it's so slow. Like you click something and it's like, wait, 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 mm-hmm. wait. Oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. Well, they've always been really innovative with like, the user interface and the usability of that, of the admin theme. And, and they've always showed it off and marketed really well whenever a new version came out. Right. And uh, distraction-free writing, I remember when that came out. Like, I think Matt's blog post that, that you linked to is, like, perfect. Like, he's like, man, we just, like, felt like we had a couple anchors. And, mm-hmm. and he called out two of them. One was being backwards compatible, and the other one was PHP uh, in there. And he's like, we had to move to a modern JavaScript. And uh, interact just with with uh, API. Now it's like he was right on, but it does send shockwaves through that community, kind of like how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you have people that could build plugins and packages, and now they have to kind of learn React and figure out some new stuff. It's probably not like terrible because the plugins no. and packages generally you you would do something on the front end and then you have like a configuration in the back end. And my guess is they've probably done an okay job at exposing some easy APIs for building your configuration pages and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And, you know, frankly, like everyone's like, oh, they're ditching PHP. Like they don't need to ditch PHP. PHP hosting is pretty cheap. Yeah. And I feel like on the front end, you don't really need like serving a blog is probably not best done in a JavaScript app, just being mm-hmm. on it. Like that's like that particular pattern is probably best server rendered and sent to the client as is. And you know, the client doesn't really have to do anything. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of advantages. Well, there. WordPress blogs haven't always been about performance uh, on the client. They load them up with advertising anyway. Some do. Yeah. <laughs> Some have affiliate links and other crazy crap, but oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's true of like every, I don't know. Blog. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's selling on a blog. (laughs) But this is a huge win for JavaScript Mm -hmm. taking over the world. And like Matt 
pinged a little bit. You're, they're like, hey, we power 25% of the web now. They do. And so here's the thing. You know, I, I think that's an, a disingenuous statement to make in this article because I think people by proxy are thinking, oh, well, 25% of the internet's on React now. But that's not true. You know, those, a lot of those sites don't have React on the front end and the, the WordPress thing. But if you install the Jetpack or whatever and you've got your own install of WordPress, you can now manage it through WordPress.com and you're using Calypso and React and all that jazz. So there's a lot of blog authors who are now being exposed to this single-page app and JavaScript and React and that kind of stuff. Well, and JavaScript's eating the world. I'm really surprised that React got this. I I'm mean, not, huge win for React. I'm in, not surprised at all. Fact, in the fact that it's like kind of brand new. Like he was saying, he alluded to them starting working on it last January. Yeah. So it was like a year. And like it's React right about was, time of the, the React conf. That, and that was really raw. That was really new. I mean, I don't know. I tip my hat to the WordPress team that was working on it. Frankly, you got to look at it and say, did they make the decision because React Native? Did that announcement come out in January? And they thought, oh, what the hell? Like, we'll, we'll build this React app and, you know, in two months, maybe we see iPhone and Android versions coming out because React Native's there and they're able to build it quickly. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I know that they've always had a problem with keeping the, pl- the cross-platform mobile apps in sync with each other with features because they had separate teams working on them. Mm-hmm. So if they could try and get like one team working on it, I could definitely see a huge benefit for them. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not to be underestimated. I can tell you from experience, like being on, I was, I, I ran the mobile team at a company that GoDaddy acquired called Outright. And it was painful because you had people consuming an API. There was no API team. No one was keeping that stuff consistent. There was a team writing backbone apps that were like monkeying with the APIs. And then they had like a titanium app, which was terrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, frankly, we had to move to a native app and we were rewriting the API. And it was just, it was a lot of pain because you had some people writing Ruby, some people writing iOS, some people writing JavaScript. And like you had to coordinate everything. Like it was just, it was, oh, it was a mess. Here's an interesting thing that I'm curious about. I haven't done any more research on, but like, uh, WordPress hosting is known to be like really cheap and it's PHP. Also. Mm-hmm. Are those hosts going to now start providing node hosting as well? I don't think they have to. So based on what I was reading, as long as you have Jetpack installed, you can just use WordPress.com to manage your blog. Even though your blog is self-hosted and installed uh, somewhere else, like they basically they get a hook in and then they can start using that REST API on your, your machine. And I think they handle permissions that way. I'm, I think... Maybe I read it wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's how that works. Yeah. Well, when I was doing WordPress, I like never wanted to touch anything WordPress.com. Yeah. Just because of customization and they locked a lot of things out for like little upsells. So I always mm-hmm. did private hosting, especially for the admin side. So yeah. I'm curious. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, huge win I'm for JavaScript. I'll know more later. Yeah. This is exciting. This is exciting Indeed. stuff. You know what else is exciting? React and tracker integration. Tell me about that. What is that? I feel like we're snake oil salesmen or something. I don't know. We totally are. Yeah. All right. Uh, Got to get oiled up next time we uh, record this. (laughs) So, Facey Spacey James uh, from the Sideburn Project, which is now the Blaze React Project. 
made another new project called Tracker React. I totally, like if it would have been me, I'd have called it Tracker Jacker, but you know. I'm a, <laughs> That'd be awesome. I'm a fan of the movies, uh, <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about. Um, What's their org name? Their org name is Ultimate JS. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's his or the React, Blaze React. I don't know. Anyway. But they, they released this thing called Tracker React, and it's a mix-in that you can uh, pop into React right now, today, and you can start using things like Session uh, right within your React. Blew my mind. So, interesting. I didn't read this at all. No, okay. No. And I'm wondering, like, why they would want to do this. I think the problem is... A lot of people don't like React because you have to do that whole like get Meteor data and like set that up ahead of time and then and then deal with that. And so this allows you to get back to using reactivity directly within React instead of having to just wire up this get Meteor data call. You know, he talks about like some people might be concerned that it's not the React way, but he says actually get Meteor data is already sideways data loading. And they're working on making a first-class API to do sideways data loading. That's different than just regular state that you would track. This is, this is a long article, but I think if you're, if you're already using React, this might be something you want to take a look at. I'm scrolling down and I'm seeing the first few comments. And it's all this guy and Sashko and Tom going back and forth. And so that piques my interest right there. It does. It does. Because if they're like diving into it, enough where they're going back and forth, that means it's a good conversation to be had. Yeah, I actually didn't read any of these comments, so. I was going to just ignore it until, like, someone hit me over the head later on in my life saying, hey, you need to know this or not. Because there's so much noise out there in the world. Oh, I to, like, like, just, like, shuffle stuff off to the side and just focus on the real important things, but. Now yeah, I see. So, like, the initial response talks about using a reactive var if you call like a get inside the render and then do a set outside of the render call, it won't actually cause the, the data to update. It won't cause a re-render. Right. Because the only thing that invalidates in React is this dot props and this dot that data and params, I'm sorry. What it boils down to is you have to write a helper method. Uh, like in his example, he shows a title method, a title helper method that returns session.get title. And that works fine and that's reactive and will update and cause render to rerun. But that's not the case. If you do the session.get inside the render, then that won't be reactive. Does this go hand in hand kind of with the conversation that we're having with uh, RK Rockstar in our chat? Maybe. Um, where he didn't like how they handled the data, the Meteor mix-in. Remember like last weekend we were talking about that article on why they decided to use um, this dot data to mm -hmm. bring the meteor data into it? Mm -mm. Okay. I didn't I didn't see that combo. Okay. There's too much, Ben. Too much. Oh my gosh, the chat room's insane. Yeah. I can't consume all of the Meteor Club chat room anymore. I'm just happy that like React conversations have taken over the Phoenix conversations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, here's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't think it's going to disappear. Oh, come on. I think it will now with the WordPress news coming out. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
I did enjoy the why I won't use media or rails for my next startup. Oh yeah. Did you, I like that article too. You saw that. Yeah, you tweeted yeah. That. yeah. That was a fun article. Yeah. So flow router 4.0, a help wanted call. Help wanted. If help, called help you. Welcome. I don't know if it was like a help wanted as much as a help and discussion. Welcome type of call. Yeah. So yeah. congratulations to Aaron Oda for doing this. I think he handled this right. I agree. This is the type of communication that we want to see from MDG, right? Just like this open conversation. And he was very inviting to ask people their opinions, move things around, you know, start having a conversation with us about this. And Aaronota is like amazingly busy. Like it's not like this guy's twiddling his thumbs. So for him to like come out and be like, yo, like, like let's work together and make this great. And he'll, he'll be involved in that there's only so far he can take things, you know, and if he wants things to be good and ongoing and, you know, I think if you look at, uh, Mup, it's, it's mostly him. And I think in order to build something bigger and more sustainable than yourself, I think you really have to do something like this in an open source project. You have to say, please come contribute ideas, come help write code. I mean, basically you have to build a team of core contributors just like i mean you look at rails or any other projects out there that are open source they have teams of people that have permission to alter code without oversight or overview and you know start to build that that kind of process it it sounds like a lot of overhead but you know at the same time like you got to think about your bus factor like if aeronauta were hit by a bus what's the likelihood this project would go on yeah. And that's the other thing is Aeronauta, like, dude, he's like out there doing startups. Like he has Kadera. He mm-hmm. has his own training that mm-hmm. he uh, has startups going. So he's rocking the world, man. He is rocking it. And so this could easily, the first thing I thought of when I saw this was, oh, great. This is not going to go the way Iron Router went. Right. This is the right thinking to like have this project. Hard for Chris to build like Iron Router was very, very complicated and very, Mm -hmm. very, I mean, if you look at it, it's just super complex code and you rewrote it all to be smaller packages. So hopefully people could consume it easier. But I mean, at the end of the day, you still have to understand what each piece is doing and kind of grok that and, and really get down in there. And he just, he had a lot of crazy code going on. Um, Yeah. Well, and he definitely made the effort. So, like, I'm not knocking Chris on that, but I see Aaronota making it as in, like, a conversation piece. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, he's, like, he's driving the conversation. Not only is he driving the code, but he's also driving the conversation about it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's easier to have that conversation, too, because, I mean, you look, and Meteor essentially made the same announcement, and it was much more controversial because they just, they have a lot of apps and, People are worried about what's going to happen. Whereas I think with Flow Router, like it's still catching on and, you know, it's not, not going to be super painful. And if, if you want to see something, a router needs to do something, then you should jump in here and contribute for sure. Mm-hmm. So 4.0 is going to bring server-side rendering mm-hmm. to the actual regular package. Yeah. I, I, read, okay. I read the call and they're working off the SSR branch directly. Uh, yeah. So... I think they're just trying to get it shored up and ready to go. Okay. Cause I know like they have the flow router dash SSR package and mm-hmm. that goes off the SSR branch. And yeah. so it's going to bring this into regular flow router then I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. 
Cool. We use Flow Router SSR on, on our okgrow.com site right now. Yeah, with React. Yeah, we loved it. Yeah. Super awesome. Yep. Yeah, it's probably way more awesome than that mess of spiderable crap that I had a while back with uh, Crater. That was terrible. I got a screenshot on my other machine, and it's like uh, 40 spiderable phantom JS threads spun up because Google is trying to consume Crater. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, <laughs> took down the site. <laughs> so, speaking of Aeronota, he posted this today, and I thought it was interesting, uh, especially given we've been talking about GraphQL, and he's been big on GraphQL. Mm-hmm. He's been promising us uh, GraphQL posts, but I guess that's like my promises on a CDN post. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> well, okay, so you're on this page looking at this blog post. Mm-hmm. And right above the title, you have the categories for the Kadera blog. And what's on there? All product, meteor, GraphQL, user stories, other. Uh, yeah, but if you, if you click on that, it actually shows you, like, it's only meteors highlighted. Those other ones aren't tags that are applied to this. No, basically what I'm saying is Aeronota has a whole category for GraphQL. He does, yeah. yeah. And I, I, he believes a lot in GraphQL. And I'm starting to see why. And I think when you read this post, you start to understand why as well. <sighs> okay. Sorry, I got you. Sidetracked. But yeah, GraphQL. No, I, I want to get this out. Like, I think he's absolutely 100% right in this blog post that uh, I think live query is super, super interesting. But I also think that it can be super, super expensive. And I can just, I can see like Max Savin like fist pumping as I'm saying this. Um, <laughs> he's also championed for some kind of data layer that exists between uh, Mongo and the client. And Live Query is not that optimal data layer. You know, and he's, he suggested what if we have some kind of uh, smart layer that sits in between there that keeps track of like the merge box is expensive right now and monitoring the op log is expensive and you know we need we need something better that scales better than what we have now and maybe graphql integration starts to get us there and then we need something to kind of work with that and I don't know how else to say this, but we don't see SQL support right now because it's really expensive to go out and write something else. Like it works really, really well with Mongo and is tightly integrated. And that's in the long run, that's a bad thing. It makes it hard for us to consume other APIs in similar fashions, whether that be like a SQL database or a REST API or whatever. Like there's, we don't have a great story for that right now. And essentially he's proposing that we have you know, we need some kind of data layer that handles schemas. And, you know, I I think what he's advocating for is what if GraphQL worked, but it sent data over the DDP layer? I think all media developers should read this blog post. Absolutely. I think you you need to understand that uh, using Meteor can lead you to some potential pain I mean, if you, if you look, he actually says in the article, they're not using live query to run their graphs on Kadira. And I think that's very, very telling because that's a very, very expensive feature. If you just, if you need the data every 30 seconds, like you don't necessarily need to be consuming the op log to get that update. 
I definitely want to see the conversation continue. And I also think, uh, you know, he talks about uh, what is meat eater and, and he gets into, you know, the fact that he thinks that, you know, meat eaters should handle the transport between the client and the server, but it should not be responsible for the data layer necessarily. Well, I think this is something that MDG might look at. Uh, yeah, I do too. Based I'm on everything hearing whisperings of I think that this is definitely something that they're looking at and I mm -hmm. you know I, I, I said right in the comments that I think this is something that media is talking about and I'd love for this to not be like a backroom thing I'd love for this to be a discussion out in the open a la you know what they did with blaze and what what Airnode is doing with flow router like let's, yeah let's have this discussion let's have a branch of code and play around and I, I know they like to you know, sit down in their cubicles and like shut the door or whatever they do there and like just write some code and, and toss something really polished and impressive out at the end of the day. But at the same time, like, I think that's expensive and slow and, you know, we can't learn off of that until it's done. And, you know, I think there's some learnings that can happen. Like certainly two years after blaze came out, we've, we've learned that it has its problems and maybe it's best to start over. I don't know, but we, we can't have those learnings until it gets out the door. Yeah. Yeah. So guys over Christmas break and girls learn GraphQL, learn what yeah. it is, start playing around with it. I have a feeling, I have a feeling there's going to be some, some stuff in 2016 that we're going to be hearing from Meteor. I mean, they are looking to shed some weight, become lean, mean, fighting machine, make the best developer experience possible, and they need the best open source projects to do that. And yeah. here you have Aranota, a super smart guy, super like a leader in his own right and everything that he does, and he's advocating for GraphQL right now, and he's making a really good point for it. We want to have more database support. That's a huge thing that we've been crying for. Mm-hmm. So I have some feelings. I have some tingles, Josh. Tingles. tingles. Keep your tingles to yourself, pal. Um, <laughs> I like MGG. They put out some really smart stuff. But these guys, they don't build apps. Frankly, they just don't, they don't build apps. You know who builds apps? Facebook. They build really big apps, not tiny apps. So I feel like I don't, they're, they're doing some interesting stuff and, and pushing the envelope forward on, on web development. And I think Meteor has as well. Don't get me wrong. I just think, you know, at the end of the day, some of the stuff that's coming out of Facebook is going to be more relevant or interesting in the long run because. Well, and MDG has mad respect for, for the guys at Facebook. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you look at Ben Newman came over from Facebook and I don't know what he was, he was working on. I think he was doing a yes, six stuff there too, but. I even remember when like React like first came out, we're talking about it and GraphQL and we're like, bah, 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 bah. and like Sashko was an advocate from day one. He was like, this is really interesting stuff. Guys. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. And that's, a, that just furthers why I think. When it comes to like trusting people, like I'm, I'm starting to pay more attention to Facebook and what they're doing. And I'm also, you know, I just pay attention to Aaron too, because He's out there and he's building stuff that's bigger than what anything anyone else is building right now Yeah, with Meteor or React or any of that kind of stuff. Well, maybe not React, but I mean, obviously you have Netflix and some other bigger players, but he's consuming a massive amount of data and he's, he's hit these walls long before us. And so for him to mention that this is a problem or something we should think about or fix, like I pay attention. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. Did we wrap this up? My we gosh, did. We did great on time. Yes. Yeah, so as always, uh, sponsors, uh, just one sponsor. Uh, those guys, the hosting, what are they? Oh, Modulus, that's it. <laughs> uh, Modulus.io, they're, they're awesome for hosting your apps. They do a good job. I wouldn't host my database there. I don't host my database there, but uh, they do everything else great. And I think they know and they're trying to improve their database stuff. They definitely do a good job with the app hosting if you want to get your app up to date. I don't know. I mean, I use Modulus for moneybot.io, and we have massive amount of marketing and market data currency. Nice. Yes. Yeah, and we use their database. So. Yeah, so moneybot.io. If you heard us say that, but you don't know what it is uh, and you want to know, go there. Well, I should probably have a link to like the Moneybot repo. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, find my find my repo on, on put, GitHub. Put it in the show notes right there. Yeah. And uh, Charlotte will get it in there when she posts it up. And as always, if you want to chat with us or any of the other people in Media Club, you can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Media Club. And you can donate 10 bucks a month that goes to support creating the podcast and running Crater and all that kind of stuff. So Best $10 you ever spend. Yes, I'm telling you, the conversations that occur in there are awesome. Most the of the friendships, the connections. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't think my life would be where it is today without all those people in there. So I don't think so either. Yeah. Yesterday was Thanksgiving. Josh, I'm thankful for you, man. Yeah, I'm thankful for you too, Ben. Oh, and for all the listeners, all the listeners of the show, we appreciate you. We are thankful that you listen. And if you're thankful for the show, when this one comes out, give us a tweet. Yeah? What do you think? Yeah, do it. The Creator Podcast. Tweet about us. Tweet the link to this episode or whatever. Like, I, I actually pay attention to that stuff. So, I don't. All right. I'm over, five, I'm over 500 followers. This bump. <laughs> I'm actually a Twitter nerd. All right. Yeah. All right, team. Hey, guys. Tune in next week. This podcast has been a Meteor Club production. You can find out more information about Meteor Club at meteorjs.club. It's pretty easy to join the mailing list and stay in the loop. Again, that's meteorjs.club. Meteor.